Someone who is driven has an urgency about them and a determination to succeed. And although some might think otherwise, if you are being driven, you're not doing the driving. Something or someone else is driving you. There's some force that is driving you. You are not self-propelled if you're being driven. For those of us who are believers in Jesus Christ, our lives should be driven by the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. And if we as individuals, as a church, are going to be driven by the Holy Spirit, then I believe that the Holy Spirit drives us to do three things. And that's what we've been talking about last week. We're going to talk about this week and next week as well. Last week, we looked at driven to being uncontrollable. The idea that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, is uncontrollable. And if we are driven by the Holy Spirit, we will be an uncontrollable force in our world. Today, we're looking at being driven to being unpredictable. In John chapter 3, Jesus is talking to Nicodemus about the new birth, and he wants him to know that the new birth is given by God in his own way, at his own time, and, and by his own grace. And Nicodemus is having trouble kind of grasping this concept. So Jesus says in John 3, 8, he says, The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound. But you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Jesus makes the point that it's a mystery. This work of God is a mystery. That It's just like the wind. Uh, like the wind, you, you might not see it, but you can feel it. Uh, you might not understand it. You might not know where it comes from, but you can see its effects. Think about the wind. You can see the effects of it. If we have a real strong wind, you see the effects of it in trees <laughs> that are blown down. All sorts of ways that the wind comes to us. We don't know where it comes from, but we know it's there. We can feel it, and we can see its effects. But when you say that, when, when Jesus says that the Holy Spirit is like a mysterious wind, he's also saying here some other things. He, he's basically saying that the Spirit is wild and untamed. He's saying that it cannot be controlled or manipulated. It cannot be scheduled and it cannot be planned. And for some of us, that's kind of frightening because we don't like lives that are wild and untamed, and we don't like lives that are uncontrollable, and we don't like lives that are maybe unscheduled or, or unplanned. Last week, when we looked at Acts chapter 1, Jesus had told his disciples, before he ascended into heaven, he said, look, I want you to go back into the city, and I want you to wait for the Holy Spirit to come. And the reason that Jesus wanted them to do that was because the mission that he had for them would be impossible without the power that the Spirit would bring. So at the beginning of Acts chapter 2, they have indeed gone back and they have waited. And the Spirit comes. But the Spirit comes in a way that I doubt any of them had predicted. Acts chapter 2, beginning in the first verse. It says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly... A sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Whatever they were waiting for, 
Jesus said, go back and wait. And whatever they were waiting for, I doubt very seriously this is what they envisioned, that this is what they pictured in their minds. They didn't predict maybe this dramatic event because what happens is when the Holy Spirit comes to each of us, the Holy Spirit comes in a very unpredictable way. But while it might have been unpredictable, they were responsive to it. And why were they responsive to it? Well, they were living in anticipation Jesus said, go back and wait, and I'm going to send the Spirit. So they did just that, and they were waiting. They didn't know what was going to happen. They didn't know how the Spirit was going to come. But they were living in anticipation that something was going to happen. So the first part of us being driven to be unpredictable is we need to live in anticipation that the Spirit is actually going to come do something in us. That the Spirit is going to drive us to do something. And it's something that we might not imagine, that we might not be able to plan, but we live in anticipation that the Spirit is actually going to come and do what God said it was going to do in our lives. For those of us who have read the acts of God in Scripture, this event really doesn't surprise us. We've probably read this story from Acts many, many times, and, and we know what happens and how it ends. And, and you think back of, of other Scriptures, the Red Sea, for example. That was a really dramatic act where the Israelites were up against the Red Sea and the Egyptian army was coming, and they didn't know what was going to happen. So in a very unpredictable way, what did God do? He parted the Red Sea. Not only did he part it, but he dried the land so that the Israelites could go across. And when they got on the other side and the Egyptians came through, what happened? He released the waters and, and destroyed the army. That's a very unpredictable thing because the Israelites thought they were doomed. But God acted in a very unpredictable way. But you know that. You know that because you've read that story. It's told to you in Sunday school. You, you've read it. You know it. Uh, Jesus' birth is another unpredictable event in Scripture, that a virgin would conceive and bear a son, that God would choose to come to earth and be born in a manger, that the first people that would hear about his birth were shepherds out in the field. All of those things are unpredictable, but you know that. Because for years and years and years, you've read this story and you know how it ends. We've heard it all before. And so what happens is sometimes we live very, very unexpected lives. We really don't expect anything different to happen. We, we read prophecy. In, in Scripture, we read prophecy, and then we turn a few pages, and we find out how the prophecy came to be. We read in Isaiah all the stories about the coming of the Messiah, and then we turn to the New Testament, and there it is. There's the prophecy fulfilled. But what would happen what would happen if, if we lived lives where we were actually living a life where we thought God might actually have something else up his sleeve? That God might have something unpredictable for our lives? What if one of those prophecies in Scripture, because there's some unfulfilled prophecies, what if one of them was fulfilled? Would we even notice in our lives that we really don't expect anything new to happen. God's done it all. And, but do we really live expectantly like these folks did in Acts chapter 2? Now what happens next is equally unpredictable. They began to speak in a language they didn't know. We call it speaking in tongues. 
And this sermon is neither an endorsement nor a denial of speaking in tongues. But the point is that the Spirit filled them. And what happened? They went with the flow. The Spirit filled them. They didn't resist. They were joyous. And it produced a very unpredictable result. A very unpredictable result. So what happens with us? When the Spirit comes to us and when the Spirit moves in us, do we go with the flow? I mean, they're speaking in languages they don't know. And I would imagine if you just all of a sudden, for no apparent reason, started doing that, how would you react to that? That would be strange. That would be very strange. But what happens? Do they kind of clam up and run home and get scared? No, they, they, they went with the flow. And then something else happened after they let the Spirit lead them. Something else happened. And something else very unpredictable happened to the people who were standing by. The people that heard them, they said, you're drunk. You're drunk. And what happened? Peter stood up and preached. He said, look, this is a different kind of spirit. He stood up. He didn't plan it. He didn't write out a few notes at home before he came to wait for the Holy Spirit. He went with the flow as well. And he stood up and he preached this sermon. He boldly took the opportunity to share about Jesus Christ. And what happens for us a lot of times is the Spirit will come and the Spirit will move us and great things will happen and strange things will happen in our lives and people will see that something's different, something is unusual about us. And are we bold like Peter who stands up and says, I'm going to tell you what's going on. Or, or do we kind of shy away from it and like, well, I'm kind of ashamed. You know, somebody's making a big deal about this, so I'll just kind of go off and, and pretend it's not there. Or I'll come up with some excuse or I'll deny that it's happening. No, he, he had his denial moment. He stood up and he preached boldly and he said, look, we're not drunk. He said, we're filled with a different kind of spirit. And I want to tell you about someone that has made a difference in my life and how we can make a difference in yours. Some pretty unpredictable moments. Spirit coming in an unpredictable way. The people start talking in, in words that they uh, didn't predict they would be able to speak in. People see an unpredictable event occurring. That's not what they expected when they left the house that morning. And then Peter, in a very unexpected way, preaches. Peter starts his sermon in Acts chapter 2, verse 17. This is how Peter starts it. He says, In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servant, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is a prophecy from Joel. Not everything in this prophecy <laughs> takes place that day. Uh, Peter does not say that Pentecost is the fulfillment of Joel's prophecy. But rather, the people who are listening are going to hear some very unexpected news about this particular passage. Uh, 
Peter says in the last days. What he's talking about is the days between that moment right there and when Christ returns again. In other words, what he's saying is from now on. And so Peter's point is from now on, God's Spirit is going to be poured out on all kinds of people, Jews and Gentiles, men and women, rich and poor, slave and free. And when you read Joel, that passage in context, and actually the book of Joel, when you read that in context, you'll find out he's talking about the, the, the day of the Lord. He's talking about the end, the second coming. And Peter, who's led by the Spirit, though, finds an application for the church today. Because what he's saying is that, look, that Holy Spirit that Joel wrote about, he's saying to them, it's here. He's not saying all these things have happened. They haven't happened yet. But he's saying that that spirit that God's going to pour out, that spirit, he's saying, is here. It's, it's the same spirit. And this announcement was incredible to the Jews who heard that because the Jews thought that only the spirit came to certain people in the Old Testament and to, to certain people at certain times for certain situations. And what Peter is saying to them is, look, that spirit that empowered Moses and David and the prophets, that spirit is here and that spirit is available to everyone and salvation is available to everyone, not just the Jew, but to everyone. Peter uses Joel to talk about a continuity when he says that, look, that same spirit that worked in particular ways and with particular people in the Old Testament that same spirit that came at Pentecost, that same spirit that led me to preach, that same spirit, he says, is available to you. There's a continuity here. Last week we talked about continuity in the sense that the Holy Spirit is the continuity between Jesus' ministry and the ministry of the church. And here Peter's saying that that, that spirit is not just a spirit that worked in the Old Testament. There's a continuity that flows, that power that flows, the availability of that spirit. Is, is the same spirit that was available then and it's available now. And, fi and Peter finishes his sermon and something, again, very unpredictable happens. Do you know what it is? They all go to lunch and Peter buys, right? No. What happens? Somebody knows. 3,000 people believed and were baptized. 3,000 people all because Peter was open to the Spirit. The Spirit came. He wasn't afraid. He wasn't apologetic. He preached in spite of the fact that he didn't have anything prepared. And something very unpredictable happened. 3,000 people came to know Christ. The Spirit is totally unpredictable. It's totally uncontrollable. It's not on your schedule. This was big when I was in the South, and I know some churches still do it around here, but they'll have revival. They'll advertise in the paper. Some, sometimes it's always the second week in September we're going to have revival. Now, what that means in a lot of churches is they're going to go out, and they're going to buy an ad in the paper. They're going to get a preacher to come in from outside, and for four days in a row, they used to do it seven days in a row, but the Spirit can't work that long anymore. So, so now they just do it four days and, and they announced to the world that they're going to have revival. Now, I admire them for doing that, but here's the, here's the thing. Most revivals that I know of aren't planned. 
And when you look at what happens here, there, there was no planning involved. You can't just announce that you're going to have a revival. The Spirit has to come. The Spirit has to control it. The Spirit has to bring it about. We can't plan it. It's, it's great that we want to have it. But there's so much more involved in revival than just picking a couple of dates and announcing to the world that we're going to do that. For many of us, this kind of unpredictability, though, is, is a little unsettling and a little frightening. And for some people, they, they equate unpredictability with irresponsibility. If you're unpredictable to some people, that means that you are irresponsible. But that's not what he's talking about here at all. Uh, the difference is whether or not you are guided by the Spirit or guided by your own whims. Uh, so today, what I want to do is just talk for a minute about some of the encouraging things for us as God's people in the unpredictability of the Spirit and the positive things that can happen when we are driven to be unpredictable. Unpredictability is not always crazy. Um, I, you know, I thought about today that I would just do something totally unpredictable right in the middle of my sermon, like do a tap dance. Or, or something like that. But that's not what... <laughs> I can't dance. <laughs> uh, but I can't play basketball either. But um, a lot of things I can't do. Um, but the, the point is, it's, it's, that's really not what it's about. It's not about just some crazy thing that you happen to do. Unpredictability is simply acting in a way that others find unpredictable. Uh, society has a whole list of things that they perceive as being predictable for us as Christians. They do. We might call them stereotypes, but they have a whole list of things that they think are very predictable for Christians. So, if Christians act in a judgmental way, then what's the response? People say, well, that was predictable, because that's just the way Christians are. So rather than acting in a predictable way, and being judgmental, as society expects us, then maybe we need to pray, re replace that judgment with mercy and with love and with grace. Here's a great example. It's in Luke chapter 6. Jesus says, if someone hits you on one cheek, turn the other cheek. What's the predictable thing to do if someone hits you on the cheek? You hit them back. Aha, that's what they expect. Jesus says, do the unpredictable. If someone hits you on one cheek, turn your cheek and let them hit you on the other one. If someone steals your coat, <laughs> give them your shirt too, is what Jesus says. That's unpredictable. If someone steals my coat, I'm going to be upset and I'm going to go after them. But no, Jesus says, wait, no, no, no. Do the unpredictable. Jesus says, they take your coat. Give them your shirt. He says, the people curse you. Don't do the predictable thing and curse them back. He says, if people curse you, bless them. And if your enemy is thirsty, don't do the predictable and say, well, good for him. He deserved it. No. Jesus says, if your enemy is thirsty, do the unpredictable and give him something to drink. That's what unpredictability is about for us as God's people. It's not doing the wild and crazy necessarily. Now, I like wild and crazy now and then, but it doesn't mean that. And it doesn't have to be frightening. It just means doing as God's people what the world doesn't expect, being unpredictable for Him.
There's some benefits, I think, for being unpredictable. Uh, It keeps you on your toes. If you are always living in anticipation that the Spirit is going to come and do something in your life, then you're always living on your toes in an expectant way, just waiting for the Spirit to come. And it, it makes a difference in your life because you are living with a sense that something good is going to happen to you. Unpredictability also keeps the enemy on his toes. You see, Satan's very predictable. He is. He's just out to do whatever he can to destroy you. He's very predictable. If it can destroy you, Satan can predictably be a part of that. But if you act in a way that's unpredictable, because see, Satan thinks you're predictable too. Satan thinks, well, if I tempt him with this, the predictable thing is this person will fall for this temptation. We need to act in ways that are unpredictable, meaning that we resist the temptation of the enemy. And that keeps him on his toes and gives us an advantage. Unpredictability also keeps us obedient and it strengthens trust. Because if you are always open to the Spirit, and if every time the Spirit leads you into a new area, anytime the Spirit drives you into a new area, and every time you follow and are obedient, and every time God does something incredible through that obedience, it increases your trust. Because you, you, you see time and time again that no matter how crazy to you something seems, that if you follow this unpredictable God, that if you let this unpredictable spirit drive you to be unpredictable, you find out that you can trust him more and more and more in every situation. It keeps you fresh. Unpredictability keeps you fresh. We get in a rut. We're very predictable people. Get up at the same time, eat the same thing for breakfast, do this, have the same morning routine. You know, we go to work, or if we're retired, maybe we even do the same thing there. But we are people of routine, and we get in a rut. But if you are driven by the Spirit to be unpredictable, unpredictability keeps you fresh, and it's exciting, and every new day is filled with something new. Uh, unpredictability keeps you amazed. You see, if, if, if we only allow God through His Spirit, to do the same old tried and true thing in our lives. If, if that's all that there is, then, then we really cease to be amazed at, at what God can do. Now, I, re- I remember a, a few things that I've been involved in in, in, in ministry or in, in different areas of service. And, and when I first got involved in them, you see what God is, is doing, and, and you're just amazed. You're just amazed. But the thing is, you can get to the point where you kind of cease to be amazed because you see it over and over and over and over and over again. But, it, but if you are, are open to this unpredictable spirit driving you in unpredictable ways, it will cause you to be amazed on a, on a regular basis in a, in a daily way of wonderful things. This endless possibility of wonderful things that God is doing. And it keeps you creative. Uh, We serve a God who created the world out of nothing. God is the ultimate creative being. And those of us who are made in his image, we are created to be creative. That's what we were created to do, among other things, but to be creative. Because God is creative. And we need to realize that the Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit drives us, the Holy Spirit can drive us in some wonderfully creative ways. 
and we see the results of that. And, and we are always amazed at how God does it in other people. But God can do it in us. It may be unpredictable, but God can drive us to do some very creative things. Being driven to be unpredictable. Surprising other people. By the way, the Holy Spirit drives us in our lives. And very few things in the Bible, if you think about it, are normal. Very few few things are normal by the definition of normal. And if you claim to follow God, if you claim to follow God and your life is predictable, you're missing out on a whole lot. You're missing out on a whole lot that God has in mind for you. God wants you to live an exceptional life. God has all these unpredictable things available to you that will further his kingdom and will give your life a new boost Not just once, but every day. And given the fact that we serve a God who is repeatedly unpredictable and a God who rarely does the same thing twice and a God who is just amazingly good to us, since we serve a God who is unpredictable, shouldn't we also strive to be unpredictable? And that's possible if we let the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit drive us, we can be unpredictable in amazing ways for God. Let's pray.